excuse me, may I talk to you for a second? Yes. This is the Black Real Estate Dialogue, and the purpose of the Black Real Estate Dialogue is to document the journey of an up-and-coming real estate investor and to share the stories of successful Black real estate investors. Hey, are you struggling to manage your real estate business right now? Are you using various spreadsheets and random tools and systems that aren't connected and really aren't helping you at all? If this sounds like you, you need a partner like Baselane. Baselane is the number one banking platform that's built for real estate investors. So whether you have one property, whether you have 100 properties, we all know the job of the landlord is never done. You need a tool where you can effectively manage your business. Baselane's banking platform is built for your real estate business. It's banking, online rent collection, bookkeeping, analytics, and so much more. And it's all in one place. So with Baselane, you don't have to worry about going through these various spreadsheets and tools. You can do it all right here. Also, it's 100% free. So you can take control of your rental property business and your finances and ultimately increase your rental income. We know that's what it's all about. So you can join a group of over 40,000 real estate investors who trust Baselane to manage their rental property with confidence. Opening an account takes just a minute. So go over to Baselane.com forward slash Sam right now and sign up for a chance to win a $500 Amazon gift card. So that's B-A-S-E-L-A-N-E.com forward slash Sam again, B-A-S-E-L-A-N-E.com forward slash Sam. To this episode, a few quick announcements. If you haven't already, definitely leave us a rating and review. It helps us to reach more people and spread this important information to our community all over the world. So I look forward to hearing from you. And then also, if you have not registered for my free five-day keys to home ownership challenge we kick off this sunday march 3rd i do not want you to miss it if you are interested in buying your first or next investment property you definitely do not want to miss this the link to that is in the description of this episode so click the link and make sure you reserve your spot today. I'm excited about this episode. There's a lot of things I'm seeing out there and I really just wanna give y'all some sound information and mistakes to avoid in the mortgage process as you're buying property. So without further ado, let's get into it. We're gonna learn about the five biggest mortgage mistakes that new real estate investors make. I definitely want you all to go into this process with as much knowledge as possible. So by the end of this episode, you'll know five mistakes that you should avoid. So let's jump right into it. So the first mistake that I see folks making is not having enough cash reserves. So here's the thing. You might think all you need to buy a house is your down payment and closing costs. And in fact, that's largely what's advertised out there on the internet, but that's actually not true. I recommend having three to six months of reserves saved. So let's let's look at a quick example. So if your mortgage taxes and insurance are 4,000 per month, then I recommend having 12,000 a month saved on the low end or 24,000 saved on the high end. And the other thing is, in addition to your mortgage taxes and insurance, there's also maintenance expenses that you can anticipate. And so 81% of home buyers are hit with significant unexpected repairs within the first year of home ownership. And this is according to a survey from an insurance company called Hippo. And then according to an article I was reading from bankrate.com, the average American spends about 1200 to 2400 per year on lawn care and landscaping. Additionally, the average cost to clean rain gutters is $161 and it's recommended that you clean them or that you clean them a few times a year. And so I really want you to get into your head that you need more than your down payment and closing costs. 
And as you're going and you're running numbers, you need to factor in having reserves because anything can happen. According to Zillow, these are the metros with the highest hidden annual cost of home ownership. And this can range from 17K to 22K based on the chart that I was looking at. And the reality of it is, like I said, anything can happen. You could lose your job. Your tenants might not pay you. So you want to make sure you protect yourself. At the end of the day, no one's going to protect yourself. No one's going to protect your interest more than you. So you want to make sure that you have a cushion. So if this means it takes you longer to buy a property because you want to make sure that you have those reserves, then it is what it is. That's just what it's going to have to be. And in the long run, you won't regret it because I'm dealing with some repairs and things right now. And I'm glad that I have reserves. I'm glad that I haven't been just spending all the cash flow that I've been taking in. So again, even if your loan doesn't require it, make sure you have reserves. It is highly advised that you do so. So the next mistake is buying more home than you can afford. In my opinion, this is one of the worst things that you can do. And let's let's be honest, a lot of us want that American dream, right? So we want the big home, we want the white picket fence, or we want the rental property in the best part of town. And there's nothing wrong with that. But the thing is, if you are buying a single family home you're living in or a multi-unit property that you're living in one unit and renting the others out, the mortgage should not exceed 30% of your income. According to a study by the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, 27.4% of homeowners are considered house poor. And this means that they spend more than 30% of their income on housing costs. And I was looking at some data from the Chamber of Commerce and it was it was crazy. And so in Hialeah, Florida, 60% of homeowners are house poor. So 60% of homeowners are paying more than 30% of their income on their housing costs. And the lowest city on the list was at 44%. So it's very concerning to me. So let's look at another example. So if your income is $6,000 per month, your mortgage should not be more than $1,800 a month. Something else you'll probably see online or have seen online is that people saying, if you live in a multi-unit, you can depend on the tenants to pay the mortgage or help with the mortgage. So it doesn't really matter if you can afford the mortgage on your own. In my opinion, this is absolutely horrible advice. Hey, there are so many real estate opportunities out there in 2024, and I don't want you to miss out. You might feel like you don't have good credit. You might feel like you don't have a lot of money. You might even feel that interest rates are too high or that the home prices are too high. Believe me, I completely understand. The good thing is there's still a ton of opportunity out there and it's important for you to get ready for when your time comes. When I got started, I didn't have a lot of money. In fact, I was living in a 300 square foot apartment at the time and I still managed to get that first property. What that means is that you just need some creativity and a plan as well as the right information and you can do it too. I want you to join me at my five day challenge. It's called Keys to Home Ownership and it is free. General admission to the challenge is free. And in this challenge, you'll learn how to create a foundation for success, you learn how to run the numbers and analyze properties to ensure that you're going to make cash flow before you even go forward with that property. You're going to learn how to fund that property. You're going to learn about grants for home buyers and so much more. I want to see you there. And as I mentioned, general admission to this five day virtual challenge is 100% free. So you have no excuse. Click the link in the description. We get started on Sunday, March 3rd, which is very soon. So click the link in the description and get your ticket today. You need to be able to comfortably afford the mortgage, whether it's a home you're living in, whether it's a, a multi-unit you're house hacking, or whether it's an investment property, right? You need to make sure that 
if your tenant doesn't pay in your house hack or in your in your investment property with your nine to five or whatever you do for income that you can comfortably afford it and it comfortably fits into your budget, right? And you also should not be buying at the top of your budget. A lot of you may not know what I mean by that. So let's look at another example. Let's say, for example, you were approved for a max of 400,000 in Texas and you put 20% down. Your payment will be roughly $2,846. If you decided to buy a house for 300,000 instead and put 20% down, your payment will be about $2,138. So this will be a savings of $708 per month and $8,496 per year. A couple of things I want to drive home with that example in mind is that your first house doesn't have to be your dream house. You don't want to be in a huge house. You don't want to be stuck eating tuna sandwiches and stuff like that every day because you can't afford the mortgage. I love tuna sandwiches. I eat them often. I actually had one yesterday, the day before I recorded this. So I like them. But the point I'm making is that you don't want to buy more house than you can afford. Don't buy a home at the top of your budget. I guarantee you will regret it. I don't care what anybody says. It's important to be conservative, especially in the economic times we're in right now. So you want to be as careful as possible. All right. So we have three more mistakes to go at this point. And I think the last one is going to be something you probably didn't expect. So definitely make sure you uh, you hang on till the end. The third mistake is depending on refinancing. So buying a home and justifying the purchase price and the interest rates by saying you can refinance later is a mistake. And it's something else that I see online a lot and I do not like it. So here's the first thing. There's no guarantee that the interest rates will be low enough for it to make sense to refinance in the future. We don't know what's going to happen with interest rates. There's, there's all these rumors and the Fed is saying this and saying that, but we don't ultimately know. We don't have, we don't have the foresight to know exactly what's going to happen. Okay. Refinancing also is not free. That's something else that's not talked about online, that there is a cost to refinance. According to Freddie Mac, the average closing cost for a refinance is 5000 and the size of your loan, of course, and where you live impact what that cost exactly is going to be. So I'm going to name off some of the costs associated with refinancing. So you have your government recording costs, you have your appraisal fees, you have credit report fees, lender origination fees, title services, tax service fees, survey fees, attorney fees, underwriting fees. All of these things can be a part of your cost for refinancing. So again, you should not buy a home thinking that the payment doesn't matter, that even if you can't reasonably afford it, although you got approved for it, that you could just refinance later. People keep saying that and it's not fully the truth. That is a recipe for disaster in my opinion. And refinancing is a nice thing to have. It's a nice option to have potentially in the future, but you shouldn't make your decision based on that. Make your decision based on today. What is your reality today? What do your finances look like today? right? Be conservative as possible and don't bite off more than you can chew. I don't care what anybody online is telling you. All right. So the next mistake to me is one of the worst mistakes you can make. And it honestly can result in your loan getting denied if you make this mistake. So the next mistake is buying a new car or taking on new debt. After you get pre-approved for a mortgage, there's a final approval that happens before you actually close on the property. During this time, you shouldn't be buying a new car you shouldn't be getting a new credit card. You shouldn't be taking on new debt. It can negatively impact your debt to income ratio and your credit score, which are very important parts of the process. Just wait until you close on the home to do any of that extra stuff. You can risk getting your loan denied if you make this mistake, and I want you to avoid that at all costs. You put in all this work, right? It takes a lot of effort and discipline and everything to buy a property, investment property, one you're living in, whatever the case may be. I don't want you to miss out on that because you decided to buy a G-Wagon. Does that make sense? So 
Again, you will regret it if you make this mistake. So please, during the process, do not take on any new debt. All right. So the last mistake, as I mentioned, is one that people make often. And I think it actually is going to surprise you that I'm saying this. So the last mistake is seeking the lowest down payment possible. As you go on the internet, you'll hear about buying properties for 0% down, you're getting the lowest down payment possible. You might even hear that you don't need money to invest in real estate at all. I can guarantee everybody listening has heard something like that. The reality is these methods are not necessarily the best thing for many of you to do. And I'm going to explain. If you purchase a property for 300000 in Illinois and you put down 3.5%, which is about $10,500 plus closing costs, your monthly payment would be about $2,605. If you put 20% down on the same property, your payment will be about $2,030. That's a difference of $575 per month and $6,900 per year. Just to be clear, I'm not against low down payment programs. I have a ton of episodes talking about these kind of programs. If you've been listening and you've been around for a while, you know this. Some of the programs I've discussed are the NACA program, which allows you to put 0% down. There's also no closing costs or fees, and you get a below the market interest rate. There's also the FHA program, which allows you to pay as low as 3.5% down. There is also the Fannie Mae program, which allows you to pay 5% down on a two to four unit property. At the end of the day, it's up to you to determine what is affordable for your personal budget. For some people, the lower down payment is still affordable and it's no more than 30% of their income. So it's, it's case by case, right? But I want to drive home the fact that it needs to be something you can reasonably afford. Do not stretch yourself. We're in economic times right now that are uncertain for a lot of people. People getting laid off every day. So as you're on this journey, protect yourself. Make sure that you can protect yourself from potential downside. All right. So definitely would love to know what you think. If you haven't registered for my free keys to owner home ownership five-day challenge, the link is in the description. I would love for you to join. We're gonna give a I'm gonna I'm gonna give a lot of game over the five days, and I want you to be ready for where the market is going. Also, if you haven't already, definitely make sure to leave a rating and review. I always love hearing from you, and I look forward to hearing from you. All right. Thank you all so much. And I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Black Real Estate Dialogue podcast. Remember to follow us on Instagram at Black Real Estate Dialogue. And be sure to leave us five stars and a review on your favorite podcast listening platform. Until next time.